You're listening to the official Scottish Rugby podcast with Caroline Ann Mossy. It's now 30 days until the old acquaintance decider between World Rugby's oldest rivals, Edinburgh and Glasgow, right here at Scottish Gas Murrayfield Stadium, with the first leg, of course, being played at Scotston on Friday 22nd December. Now, in a couple of minutes, we're going to hear from uh, representatives from both ends of the M8, uh, Chris, but let's have a wee chat around effectively what well, I mean it's been a bit of a busy old spell for Edinburgh and Glasgow uh, quite a few news stories as well as uh, not just the the results but for example let's kick off going back a wee bit because we haven't caught up for a while but Ali Price yeah now Edinburgh mm. <laughs> that's how long it's been since you and I have had a chance to catch up yeah it's but it's been busy it's I'm always knew that because of the start of the season or the URC season was going to be delayed because of the, the World Cup and getting players back there was a seven week block of games we've played six of those seven games and uh, pretty good start for 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 Edinburgh and Glasgow. Glasgow currently sitting top of the, the URC, which is good. Edinburgh are really kicking themselves after losing to Benetton at the weekend. They got to Ulster this weekend, which is a big big game. And we said at the time that in order, I think this is the longest block of URC in one piece in the season. So to get off to a, a good start was vital. Um, but yeah, that's just on the field. As you see, Ali Price has moved uh, along there. I mean, his first ever game on, on Hive. He said when he came on against. Uh, who was it came on against the Bulls Bulls yeah came on against the Bulls the first time we played at Hive that was his first ever first game yeah because obviously his 1872 Cups have been in the bowl here like and his youth game and everything this weekend yeah, yeah so. uh, I didn't think it existed when he was a youth it's funny isn't it so yeah it was almost like one of these things that he used to take for granted but he'd never played in the pitch so yeah, he ran on that was his first appearance and is what is now his home pitch and you could see it even you know the content on social media and everything like for Edward Rugby and you can see he's, he's enjoying being part of the squad as well it's, yeah, it's quite nice and yeah. to have that feeling especially I think so he knows experience. a lot of the players but I think for him and, and it's really quite startling once you speak to him about it, how desperate he was to play um, and he's going to have to fight for his place at Edinburgh just as you know, would do at Glasgow but he just said you know, he felt he needed rejuvenating and an extra challenge and um, yeah he's uh, he's had a well, game off the bench and a start so far um, Charlie Shields obviously there and Ben Velicott as well so it's um, Scott Skills still injured um, so it's um, there's, there's a lot of competition all over but it's hopefully going to push the best in him and the best in others we'll come to Blair Kinghorn in a minute as well oh, but yeah. before that another, another uh, before that let's, let's keep on the, the scrum halves I suppose and you see you know, Ali comes over here, and then you see what happens at Glasgow Warriors, and all of a sudden you've got Jamie Doby out injured. You've got, mm. you, you know, you've got George Horn who's got a wee niggle as well there too. Things change, but that provides an opportunity for Sheba, for Sean Kennedy to come back yeah. into the fold, and Ben Asher to get his it's start. It's amazing how it turns out, isn't it? And, and I, th- I think it's uh, the depth of the scrum halves is excellent, and saw that with, with Sean's performance. Scored the first try at the weekend, but it's just so comfortable. It, he, he's. Um, He's worth his weight in gold for Glasgow, Sean Kennedy, because he's, he's, he's a quality player. He's got a lot of experience, really good head in him, involved a lot of coaching, was part of the coaching staff uh, still in the Super Series. and like He's got a lot of rugby in him. He's got international experience through sevens. He's, but he's happy to, to to be called upon when he's called upon. Like He's been at Glasgow for a long time, but hasn't had a, too many starts, really, over the last... 10 years his last start for Glasgow before the weekend was the 2020-21 season yeah. in the March isn't it there you go. Thinking, so, so usually if you think if you've got somebody like that it's patience it's patience but there's also there's a there's a level of quality that you know you're going to get like how hard is it would it be to not start a game since then and then come in and 
know that the guaranteed performance he's going to give. He's always given it quite a guarantee. So most players who are as good as Sean Kennedy probably want to be fighting, and he'll want to be fighting for number one, of course he will. But when you've got you know two players above you who are fighting for international honours, or three players above you fighting for international honours, injured or moved on, you're called upon. You've you don't have a big drop off in quality. Um, and it's just, a, I think it's really quite an important point to see how, how big a club man he is, but also how much strength or how much uh, confidence the coaches have and his level of ability. And then, obviously, towards the end of the match, Ben Afshar came on, and I think it's his performances for the 20s of the last couple of years, his performances in Super Series last year and this year, to me, have said, have shown that he needs to play pro rugby as quick as possible or, or is trying to get an opportunity to play pro rugby this season, and, and he's getting that already. And, I'm sure he'll he'll have more opportunities in the weeks to come. And the four minutes that we saw as fans wasn't enough, you know, as you say. You want, well, you want, you want more, to see yeah. more of it. Yeah. yeah. So um, best wishes to them. Um, I guess then flipping back to this uh, to, to the Scottish Gas Murrayfield, the high stadium end of the, the M8, and then, of course, the news that Blair Kinghorn's away. Mm. And a great move for him, personally. And, and it's been a, a nice way, minus the result, but in terms of the send-off that the club has, has given him and the, the support from the fans, it's everyone just wishes yeah. him well. Yeah, and he's, he's been on top form, hasn't he? I thought he was really good um, uh, with the World Cup. Individual performances were great. Some of his, some of his individual um Touches and his tries and his his spatial awareness, his speed, his timing at the ball. You can see his role in top form. I just carried that right through to back to Edinburgh. I thought he was brilliant on on Friday night. Unfortunately, getting involved in the uh, a mistake that led to to Bennett's try. But other than that, he was commanding the air. He's scored two tries. He's got a real threat about him. Um, so he's a uh, yeah. He'll be he'll be missed absolutely by Edinburgh quality player. But it's a brilliant opportunity for him as an individual. Edinburgh were probably over. Um, what's that? probably too much players or options or too much quality in the back three really mm-hmm. um, when Duhan came back after what happened to Wooster you know not really planned for because he well, couldn't plan for it and nobody knew it was going to happen you had a lot of quality in that back three um, so if this wonderful opportunity for players came along Edmund have been able to absorb it because of the quality they've got there I think uh, Buff's probably more comfortable I think as a fullback than a winger, yeah. And you've got Duhan and Darcy, obviously, and Wes Houston playing well and, and consistently, and Jacob Henry, uh, Ethan Sweeney, Harry Patterson. There'll be more as well. So there's loads of depth in that back three. So for an opportunity for for Blair to go play in a tough league, hopefully continue his form and and, and you know add to his his abilities as a player that can help the national team as well. I think it's uh, yeah sad to see him go, but it's a good deal for him. So that game then against Benetton, that's one of those examples, I guess, where in previous seasons that's one of the games that they've lost, and unfortunately that we saw that again at the weekend. It's just, it's just really unfortunate when we see what's been happening with Edinburgh recently. Yeah, just, yeah. It's just, it's two, know, it's two points. It though, is unfortunate, it? but that's not the, the headline you would go with. You know no. what I mean? Because I think Edinburgh, obviously, the, the second half was poor. They were well beaten in the second half. They lost half. the game. Yeah. Um, but probably should have had more. Um, points on the board or more dominance of the game for the dominance they had in the first half so immediately you go to the last kick the, the missed drop goal or the, the errors that led to the tries and these are, these are all big parts of it but actually it's the opportunities I, I think the opportunities in the first <laughs> half will frustrate um, Edmund it was three tries chalked off quite rightly chalked off but there'll be you know instances in there where it could have been more accurate that would have um, 
probably made the, the score a lot stronger in your favour. And in the second half, it was disappointing. Benetton's defence is excellent. Cal McRae's got them defending really well, and that they're they're a hard team to beat. They've, they've defended really well all year. That's uh, they've only been beaten once, um, and but they've scored scruffy tries. That's been the story of the season so far, Ben, and that's what they did again. Now it's no, it's no luck when that happens every week. The scruffy tries is the score are created off the back of their good defence. Um, so Edinburgh will be kicking themselves because they've got it in a good position, and then probably just you know. Individual errors and frustrated with, with what they did in the second half. Um, it's the fact, I suppose, as well, and Everett himself said this too after the game. You know, it's these are it's the fact. It's the things that they've been talking about. Yeah. That's where the frustration is, I guess, that lies. But it's one game, isn't it? It's yeah, and Sean, Sean's really philosophical because before the game, I think, or, or was it after last week's game, he said, you know, we've been on the right side of one or two really close games. And yeah. Yeah, getting the wrong side a really close game this weekend. So it, and last he knows season exactly, it was the other way around. Yeah, and he knows exactly where his his team is, but it still hurts and it'll still frustrate him. Um, but yeah, the, the, the there's there's still a, a lot of good going on there, um, and you wouldn't put it past them to go to Elston this weekend and pick up a pick up a, a victory in the road. Oof. So Glasgow then, before we go into their upcoming match against uh, Munster this weekend, let's talk about Glasgow at the mm. weekend too. I suppose looking at that result, they'll be they'll be very very happy. Really happy, <laughs> top of the league, um, and I, I mean they started poorly, fourteen nil up. First uh, quarter wasn't it? Austin was fourteen nil up, but dominating everything. Glasgow couldn't get their hands on the ball, um, couldn't really get out of their own third, couldn't control the game because they couldn't get possession, and they were probably bullied a little bit. Um, but then from about twenty five minutes on, I thought Glasgow completely dominated the physicality of the game, it got them in through the defence and their attack. Um uh, and when they got the first try, I think well, Sean Kennedy got the first try, kinda of gave him a belief to kick on. The try just before half time was really important, I think, for Glasgow. And then they just dominated their scrum was excellent. Their defence is it just forces errors time and time again and um, all clicked in it. Yeah, and then Johnny Matthews comes on and <laughs> Scores another couple. Of, his uh, his first try in the wing was it? I, I just burst out laughing watching the TV. I was like, uh, just incredible. It was acceleration and even his form as Gas. he was running. Uh, I had a wee smile because he, he just keeps on doing it. Well, on that note, let's hear from Johnny Matthews now and from Ewan Ashman to talk up the 1872 Cup, which is just around the corner. We're joined by two hookers we've got representing Glasgow. We've got Johnny Matthews and alongside him, Ewan Ashman for Edinburgh. Good to see you, chaps. Good to see you. Good to be here. Yeah, good to be here, yeah. You're both nodding and smiling. <laughs> see, when the, see when the two fixtures, the fixtures got rid of You're ready already. Yeah, pran. It's a month away, you're ready. Uh, excited, eh? Can't they try scoring hookers as well? No, I, know, I, know all, I know it's easy, gag. <laughs> Everybody says all the hookers score tries, but... These, these guys, two do. These guys score proper tries as well as small tries, and they're up and running already in the season, both of them. At all levels of the game as well. So you're enjoying your rugby. No, yeah, really, really, really enjoying it. Um, obviously, only only been uh, here so far a couple of weeks, but I'm settling in and uh, really loving the city and loving the club. So the chat has already started about the 1872 Cup. So uh, dying to dying to get, get into that as well. I'm going to tear for chat as well because I remember you got to Glasgow actually. Went for a day. Oh, yeah. 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 oh, oh, Because <laughs> you came on loan. Was it two years ago? Two years ago? Yeah, I quickly realised my mistake and uh, <laughs> <laughs> headed for the exit. So, <laughs> and you were called back oh, to oh, six. You were sale at the time, weren't you? Yeah. So, um, 
How long were you there for the gym session? I was about to hit one here. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, yeah, I was, funnily. I've been on loan at both Edinburgh and Glasgow. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, fortunately to be uh, back down the other side of the MA, back in Edinburgh now. So, yeah, <laughs> it started <happy>. already. <laughs> I just, yeah, whatever. Some people just can't hack the, the Scots and turf. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, good. And Johnny, you, uh, you've played in 18, obviously, Ashley, you haven't yet played 1872, but you've played. Tell yeah, us yeah. your experiences, tell us what's good about it, tell us what's yes. nerve-wracking about it, tell us the pressure on you as an individual. So I think the first time I played during it was during COVID, so it was oh, probably a completely no different uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, environment true. when uh, the infamous train and Simon oh, Bergen told him <laughs> to kick the ball out. Cockers went mad at him, I think. Um, <laughs> and then we, we won the game from that, it was quite funny. Um, but then, yeah, playing obviously here when Edinburgh won the Italian, the Scottish Italian Shield, mm-hmm. which was pretty, pretty tough experience. But the crowd was fantastic, and yeah, it's a great day. Yeah, great game. Explain that. I don't know if I should remember. Nick Groom was a scrum half Groom, at the time, yeah. wasn't it? And it was no fans at Scots. Ah, was this the train horn? The train, yeah. train, yeah. train, train horn. Train horn went. Nick Bergen. Groom was thought watch, it yeah. was a half time hooter. Like, oh. Bergie, t- Bergie told him to kick it out. They had it on the ref camp. Now, was Bergie playing for Edinburgh? Bergie was playing for Edinburgh and told him to kick it out. Bergie, you love that story. Because he then moved to Glasgow, obviously. He came to, yeah, he was a plant. Well, of course, never mind, it's halfway through the season. I think it must have been Nick Groom's second or third season halfway through the season yeah. no other game as had, had as a half-time or half-time so in the Northern Hemisphere can he skipped up the tunnel or towards the tunnel didn't <laughs> yeah. everybody else he went to get his orange and his look is it uh, so funny <laughs> did you score I think that? we scored a score? penalty yeah, or right. got a penalty or scored a try which then gave us gave us the win I think pretty much <laughs> oh, it was, that was amazing never in the history of professional rugby has that happened oh. ever before oh, or will it ever happen again Nah. And it's only because, again, of the COVID times, isn't COVID it? COVID thing, and yeah. And I don't even, yeah, Beggy told him to kick it out. <laughs> but then the, the, the train company then kind of took sides as well, didn't they? They said, oh, no, we did it deliberately. Oh, we did it on purpose. Yeah. Glasgow Warriors fans. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the fun of it, isn't it? I mean, it's still like you're saying it started already. It is, that's the case. Like, as a player, this is this is the game, isn't it? It's, there's so much fun around it, but there's also there's a, lot, a lot at stake. But it is, it's, it's a great, it's just a great derby. Yeah, it's brilliant. I mean, you get to play against you know, lads you're pretty close with and you know, good mates with off the field. So it's probably a unique unique game for the for Scotland. So it's that's brilliant. And that opportunity as well, as you say, like in a Scotland camp where you're playing for the same side, now you now you're you're packing down against each other. Yeah, yeah, and you still like about camp you still get those bragging rights are a uh, they're a genuine thing and you still hear boys talking about you said this to me in eighteen seventy two cup and stuff. And it's quite funny. I don't think um most of the boys don't um, chirp too much on the pitch or talk to each other, but in the 1872 Cup, I think there's a lot of yeah. uh, a lot of that going on in 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 each other's ears. So I'm not really excited to play that, and uh, great to play against your mates as well. A yeah. bit of chat at the bottom of the rock, can imagine. Aye. And everywhere else. And everywhere else. <laughs> what, what would be your closest to derbies that you've played in, Ashley? Before would oh, be any? I don't, I don't know whether I have. It might be a kind of say on Newcastle first time experience. Yeah, the, <laughs> so well, the northern teams. Aye, yeah. the northern derby. Yeah, not genuine. Uh, not really a genuine derby. So um, no I look first. forward to it. Yeah, I'm absolutely buzzing. Oh yeah. And do you think it'll be different time. this year because it's usually off the back of a November series when you talk about the national link, but obviously it's you know World Cup was October. There's a longer period for that kind of tension, tension to build yeah, up. Yeah, the tension. Oh, yeah. Do you think it'll be a different? I don't think so. No. I think um, as players, it's probably no different. We just it's it's two of the biggest games of the season. Um, certainly for us as a club, I'm sure it's the same at Edinburgh. So uh, it doesn't change for us. But I think the 
anticipation maybe from the fans to get to see all the Scotland mm. players on the pitch at one time is maybe a b- yeah, bigger build-up and anticipation for them. I think that's actually quite a, b- a big point as well because, as you've alluded to, normally there's a shorter gap mm. between the Autumn Nation series and then the Guinness Six Nations. And now we've had to wait that bit longer with it being a summer test. So actually that chance to get mm. back in. And there's something about it being at, at New Year as well. It just it, For me, it just starts off the New Year celebrations. You go on the 30th, you get, you know, you have a wee bit of atmosphere and then that's you and then, you, you know, by the, by the following, by the third, you're back to yourself. You, <laughs> you boys are in Christmas or...? <laughs> Three days off. Three days off. Over Christmas. Over Christmas, which... uh, Yeah, so uh, whatever that result is, you'll have to sit on it for a bit, so I'm sure the boys will be extra... That is tough, isn't it? Yeah, so you don't want to be reflecting on a loss, so it'll be extra... Extra eager to get that that W. Definitely. You do talk about what it means. It means so much to supporters, but as a player, it can literally ruin your festive period if you lose that first game. Uh, if it was both games, obviously, but that first game so crucial in terms of <laughs> what mood you're in for your family, yeah. because it's so <laughs> forefront of your mind. It, it's, it is, it's, and because they're close together. Other than the old European format, used to play back to back against the same opposition one week then another. It's quite a unique thing to do that as well. So getting that opportunity, and if there is a grudge or a it's something pretty, from that yeah. week one, it, the six <laughs> days, seven days later, it's still there. Yeah. So it can really have an effect on your mood, and then. Obviously, your schedules are, are set before you know the results, so you might have yeah, Christmas Eve in or Christmas Eve off. It could change. It's, mm. it's a big effect. It's really yeah. It's, it's it is yeah. It is make or break at Christmas time. Like the other thing as well. Like we we've spoken about this every year. We've done podcast in terms of how you approach the game. So because it is still URC league points up for, for yeah. grabs that, that's it although there's the, the Scottish element the head to head element it's it's league points that are, that are crucial um, so there's still a focus on, on that as well isn't there Johnny yeah definitely I think it's well, we talk about it as you know play the game not the occasion kind mm-hmm. of thing and you just alluded to it there it's it's another URC game it's a good chance to get you know five ten points hopefully and potentially um, and takes you that little bit further away mm-hmm. um, at the top of the table would you be the same? Or? Yeah, there's no like you just said. There's there's no shortage of things to get up for the game. Mm-hmm. Like um, you don't need that extra motivation because you've got the league. You're playing against your mates. Like it's probably going to be the biggest turnout of the year. So I mean, all those things combined, you know, you're absolutely chomping at the bit to yeah. just go just go out and play that game. So. Yeah, like you say, I'm, I'm getting a bit up for it. Now, <laughs> You're actually. ready, ready to go. <laughs> In terms of your coaches, then as well, let's take a minute to have a catch up. So, Sean Everett, let's see, he's new as well, like yourself, to Edinburgh Rugby to Hive Stadium. How's he bedded in, and and what's it been like playing under him? No, he's been class so far. He's a real good man manager. Um, you can already tell already, like he's really clear, um, lays out his plans in front of you and he's really good at talking to you just on like a personal note, not just as like a rugby player. Um, and also like. Um, been really clear with the plan and, and how he wants to execute it and maybe where we've gone wrong in the past season and changes that we have to make. Um, so he's been he's been class and uh, I think he's got a really warm welcome and everybody's uh, everybody's really, really glad to have him there. Does he push you hard? Yeah, it's hard training. Yeah. Yeah, those Tuesday sessions. Uh, Tuesday the big day. Uh, they're a bit tougher than what I was used to, so i uh, really, <laughs> really enjoying it. But um, yeah, a, lot, um, a bit of bone on bone and stuff and a bit of contact and uh, that's class. I think everybody feels like they're getting better every week, so it's a really good addition. That's a similar theme across the other side of the mate as well in terms of the the expectation, especially on fitness on S&C as well. I remember when Frank Smith first arrived, the first thing your face is, oh, Johnny. That was a tough, that was a tough, <laughs> that was a tough couple of months. <laughs> yeah, it, was a, it was a gear shift, wasn't it? But now you see what, what's happened with Glasgow Warriors and you must be absolutely buying into it as well. Yeah, I mean... 
I think the transition from maybe Franco the previous seasons uh, Franco's mm-hmm. first season it took him a couple of months I think to get his style of play and get us up to scratch in in his mind um, but yeah I think the you know the proofs there now they finished fourth last year finally European Cup you know we just want to kick on this year and kind of same again and build on a successful season last year Have you noticed a change as well because knowing Franco is progressive so what you know with success last year won't be yeah. good enough for him oh, this no. year and they want to push on And but there'll also be slight tweaks I'd imagine to how you want to try and play to keep opposition guessing it's not just the same as last year but a little bit better there'll be changes as well yeah he, he kind of thinks two or three weeks ahead yeah. and he's kind of saying well we're going to do this now to maybe you know cause, so they'll preview us and do this mm-hmm. so yeah he's very progressive very forward thinking and um, but the fundamentals of the game are non-negotiable for him mm-hmm. working hard you know quick breakdown and set pieces massive for him so mm-hmm. they're things that Always remain. Yeah, always remain. Do you like being managed like that? Yeah, I think, well, I don't know about you, but I think most people in their rugby environments prefer just to get told what to do, especially up front. Forward, it's a forward. I was going to totally disagree with that. I can tell you what it is. You just just tell us what to do and we'll we'll, we'll do it. Um, So, no, it's, yeah, it's good. You know, it's, we've, um, we've been successful for the back of it and, yeah, we're looking to kick on again and, get a couple of wins over Christmas. You the same, Ashley? Yeah, definitely. I'm a bit of transparency and then knowing what's happening, uh, then I can just concentrate on my role on the pitch, I think. And uh, no, I agree with John 100%. Don't leave me uh, thinking about it too much. Just, just get told where to go and what to do. <laughs> I would disagree. Like. <laughs> yeah, I, I could tell. I'm it's gonna, a back thing. I know. I, I'm getting angry here. I, I, I would hate to be told what to do. That's my fault. <laughs> but I do, I do, you go through the process, isn't it, in training in the backs, to just like, shout and tell everybody where to go and then it, it's double-edged because if forwards just shout back tell us where to go well, I'm telling where to go you have to listen yeah. you know what I mean it's <laughs> been a big 2023 for you both as well on the on the pitch and then we look at the Rugby World Cup how have you reflected on this on this big year well, you go first oh geez yeah the big question um obviously straight straight off the back of the World Cup it was disappointment um and um it, it was tough but having a couple of weeks now to, to kind of reflect off of that um, it is a case of like uh, we will get better for it um, and we have to take those learnings and, and, and kick on um, so yeah we're, I'm looking forward to, to getting back out there with, with Scotland and stuff and we need um, we need to kind of get those those big results that we talked about but it was definitely disappointing at the World Cup but I know as a group we had a really good review like straight following it and, and we'll get better as a result of that It's hard though Ashley because I think back two or three months or many months it was ago when we spoke to you on the day you were announced as you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. almost the most excited player I've ever seen in life so you, and in a review you, you're right immediately you've gone to the team review and disappointed with how the, the mm. results went and how the end fix that and move forward is really important but you also have to review personally as well so I mean yes disappointing the results but there's massive celebration of the fact that you, you reached the World Cup you want to progress you want to you know <laughs> score and tries you know it's uh, yeah it, it is hard, but hopefully you're allowed to give yourself a partner back for elements of individual performance as well. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, went to my first World Cup, so I can't mm-hmm. be uh, can't be too sad about it or disappointed. Um, as you say, been been a, been a, been a good year for me, and uh, you're probably reminding me, yeah, not to be so uh, 
so down on it, but um, not really. Re- really good year in first World Cup, so yeah. can't complain too much. First for you, Johnny, as well. Before we go, Johnny, Sorry. just on that, because you know you, you're on now on the other side and you have experienced it all. Is it is it as easy as that to, to allow yourself as a player to, to switch away from the team? The mindset? reason I say that is because I recognise exactly what I was like. Needs like you just think about what frustrated you, and if there was a great from my career, it's like you never actually took time not to give yourself a pat on the back too often but actually you know what there's good in there as well you have to almost work on your your positives as well as your strengths and you have to kind of celebrate your positives as well as to kind of get down the negative so it's it's hard isn't it because you're totally in it and every professional player probably in every professional sport always looks ahead you always want to look ahead you want to always get better if you get a player of the match performance (coughs) you don't really celebrate it because you think well if I'm not player of the match next week I've dropped the standards so you know I just I think it's easy from the outside looking in and as a player I never did it but it is also quite important to, yeah, to take off the, the things that you've given <coughs> success. And Johnny, you hate the hate the whitewash yourself. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> loves to try this one. How? What about your own twenty twenty three? Yeah, no, it's on, on and off the pitch. I've had a pretty good year, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think the World Cup for me kind of came out of nowhere, came out the blue. It wasn't like these boys who were grafting for for months away and you did three months off for Glasgow <laughs> absolutely nailed it you're right worth a turn so yeah three months off um, obviously kept fit mm-hmm. Mossy saw me and David Lloyd all the time yeah. <laughs> showed me up um, but yeah no and then to get the call up was and then to obviously get the first cap was uh, it was completely unexpected and out the blue so just again just in trying to as Mossy said there just trying to take the take the enjoyment and make the most out of such an unexpected experience for me and um, I absolutely love my time there obviously disappointed with the boys um, with the results against Ireland but from what I saw you know they grafted hard you know everyone was putting everything into it so there's you know even, even in that two week time it was all it was nothing but positive as you know as far as I was concerned it was a really tight group that you were entering into and yeah. obviously you've got great links already and established relationships within the Scotland camp when you arrived what was it that experience like for you Oh, it was brilliant. Um, you know, every, you know, as he, as he just said there, I was kind of boys were taking the mic that I'd had such a long time <laughs> off, and <laughs> I'd maybe only been at Glasgow for two weeks before I was um, before I'd been back before I got flown out. So, yeah, it was yeah, it was such a good group, such a tight group. There's such a close group of lads, and everyone's mates. So it it does make things so much easier. Um, and yeah, you've you've got close connections to Edinburgh and Glasgow, and some of the boys from out with that group as well so uh, yeah I absolutely loved it gives you a taste for more that, that taste of international rugby yeah just drives you on to get more doesn't it yeah definitely definitely does so see what see what happens with uh, in the next couple of seasons that's another exciting part about the 1872 cup is that there's a there is an element of oh mm. the Guinness Six Nations is just around the corner <laughs> you know do you feel like you're both nodding as well I mean it's, it's there isn't it yeah well you know that the you know that the Scotland coaches aren't going to miss that game. You know, so, um, obviously, like uh, you, you've got to put your best foot forward, and 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 all the boys are going to do that. It's the biggest crowd. Everybody's got their eyes on it, and uh, it's a big occasion. So, yeah, you, you're not thinking too much about the Six Nations or, or Scotland camps. You're, you're just probably thinking about uh, winning that game and getting one over your mates and, and being in the moment. So, definitely, it's actually really important for the, in the context of URC. I know we're touching it earlier on about URC points being available, but in terms of before and after, it's European action. Um, mm-hmm. And then you've got, you know, Guinness Six Nations as well after that European. So it's, in terms of a window for URC, it's two games almost stuck about six weeks either side 
well, four or five weeks either side other opportunities to get URC points. So it is really important in the context of the season. That's such a really good URC reminder, isn't it? Because well. it is bookended by yeah. other tournaments. Yeah. Um, I suppose then internally as well, the the bragging rights are currently resting on the on the Glasgow side of the M8. So yeah. you're not on it. <laughs> Unfortunately, with it being a podcast, I wish I could describe your face at the moment, but it's it's just I'd say I don't want to say smug, but there's, there's that it's you're not, enjoying it. It's not smug. You're enjoying it. <laughs> yeah. He's enjoying it. Flip flopped over the last two three years. Yeah, hasn't yeah, it? that's yeah, no, it's been a bit yeah. ping pong. Mm. Across the both sides, but it's been up and down the M8. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> the trophy. But the idea, keeping it surely, is there as well, and that that hunger on on that side. Yeah, hundred um, percent. It's a big focus for us at the start of the season. Is you know you're playing for three trophies. You know the the league, European, and the 1872 Cup. So it's a good way to get one of them boxed off before before the new year. Um, and as you said, it's it's massive in terms of league in league points and not just bragging rights, but then. A, do we still do the Scottish Italian Shield? Is that is that still a thing? Yeah, so still a thing. So we still, because yeah. um, no, they change Europe. So yeah, they change the qualification for Europe. But but yeah, you don't still, still, so it's still, it's still a you shield. Know, it's, yeah, I, you know, it's always good to finish top of yeah. top of your region. Also, so it's um, yeah, it's massive and it's two games in six days kind of thing. And as you said, it can make or break a season. It's an interesting one as well because you know, Asha, you won't remember this, but obviously Edinburgh, but pre Hive, used to play in in the mm -hmm. bowl here at Scottish Gas Murrayfield. So you would go to your your regular season games, uh, of which you know the derby is, but it did have that feel of a of an added almost like a test test feel to it. But the crowd was very different as well, and that's something that does stick out with the 1872 Cup is that the crowd in the bowl is very very different. And what what about what about that anticipation for you? Uh, yeah, well, that that's obviously I, I enjoyed the Hive experience, like obviously for the first time a couple of weeks ago, and was, I loved that on on my debut. So to to get into Murrayfield and, and get a big crowd, you know, would be even better. And especially to do against Glasgow, you know, you'd hope that you can you can get a big old crowd. Uh, and there's no better place to play, to be honest, than uh, than. There's always there. a big old Glasgow contingent come through as well. Yeah, the Jonas, that East Stand yeah, seems to fill up with us. Yeah, yeah, the they, they travel well, the Warrior Nations, to be fair, and they to go they're everywhere. So. Um, yeah, no, it's always good, and as you said, it's pretty much the whole bottom tier is full. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a great atmosphere. Only Smith's dad was jumping, will be. Oh, he's brilliant. <laughs> everybody's, look, everybody's looking for an excuse to get out of the house as well. I it? know it yeah. is. It's just uh, for yeah. me. Look, I'm not going to lie. For me, this is a very much a social opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> but I wish you both all the very, very best for the game. Uh, you and Ashbin, Johnny Matthews, thank you very much indeed for your time. And before the 1872 Cup then, you know, still got a bit of action to go as well. And in particular in URC this weekend, I suppose it's a, well, it's all about Ireland really. It's a bit of a, an oh. Ireland v Scotland um, situation. You've got both sides making a trip across the Irish Sea. You've got Edinburgh travelling to Ulster on Saturday. And then before that on a Friday night, it's uh, the Table Toppers Glasgow taking on the reigning champions. There's always a bit of spice in that one, <laughs> eh? <laughs> I know Munster versus Glasgow, you've touched on, on Edinburgh. Um, Earlier, they uh, also had one or two knocks and bumps, and uh, when they were over playing uh, Glasgow last week, so I'm not sure how many of those players will get back. Um, but Edinburgh have to you know, take the, I suppose, the game with the scruff of the neck and really try and assert themselves in that one. But that's a it's a big game against Munster for Glasgow. They, you know, there's there's so much history there, there's so much niggle there. Um, Munster had a a proper ding-dong with Leinster on Saturday night, so they've got one less day to recover. Um, 
champions. I, I don't know. I, I, I generally don't know what will happen. It's quite. It's a big one, though, isn't it? It feels like it's got a feeling of a decide, <laughs> decider about it. Well, and it's the it's the seventh game of the seven week block. We've spoken about how important it is to start well, and um, it's a marker. I also think the reason I'm hesitating is because I don't think Glasgow are playing anywhere near the best, and I think you know they say that themselves. They know that that they're still quite far away from where they want to be, but they're sitting top of the league. They've only had one defeat and I think they're getting better every week. They're getting more comfortable every week. But you know that Franco Smith isn't satisfied yet. No, he's never going to be satisfied, is he? But, <laughs> but, but I think that in general, I think if he, if he spoke to anybody in the squad or the, the management team or the coaches, they're like, yeah, we're, we're maybe a little bit frustrated with how they're playing, which shows you how, you know, how good a side they are because they've got, you know, more to come. Um, but that'll be tested this weekend. The f- number one thing, and I know we always go to it and talk about it, is the physicality or, or that opening, you know, 30 minutes, 20, 30 minutes away in Munster. Um, but Glasgow can more than deal with that. Um, it'll just be about probably matching that physicality with keeping a calm head to make the right decision at the right time. Um, not to commit too many errors that allows Munster into the game. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a cracking watch, that. Oh, and certainly as far as the URC is concerned it's a, a big marker before of course the 1872 cup which as we know is not far away at all a hospitality tickets for that actually will, will be available for the 30th too which will be a nice wee christmas present i may be looking for for the family um so looking to that then first leg at scotston on friday 22nd december at 7 35 pm then it is the old acquaintance decider here on the hallowed turf at scottish gas murrayfield and that is at 3 pm on saturday 30th Tickets are available. As always, for the latest updates from Scottish Rugby, you can check out the website scottishrugby.org or via Scottish Rugby's social media channels.